Are you excited? That was bad. Happy Palm Sunday. Excuse me. Excuse me, Pastor Kyle. Hey, Dina, what's up? Pastor um, Dina, sorry. What, what, what are you doing? Uh, you know what? <laughs> We're having church. Hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? You guys seriously don't mind me? Keep on with your little presentation thing. What? Pastor Kyle. Yes, Dina. We, we, we really need to get Listen, on. Listen, I love you a lot, but if you wouldn't mind, would you just mind your business, do your little presentation thing? Right now, I have, I'm, I'm doing Pastor something. Ray is seriously wanting to get, get moving here. Let, can, what, what are you doing? What, what exactly what is the bunny? What do you mean, the... Pastor Dina, what am I doing? Okay? We're What's very... so funny? Everybody knows it is Easter Egg Sunday. No. We're sorry. You got your dates and times mixed up. Is this true? Sorry. Come on! Can you just go please take your seat? Matt! <laughs> okay, we all know <laughs> that everybody give it up for our bunny. We are in need of Easter eggs and candy for our celebration next week. I think he was highly confused, and he was hunting eggs. And we do not want our kids to come next week to the celebration that we're putting on for them in Thrive Kids and not have anything, okay? And see, my, my youngest, he's super excited about this. So we are asking you if you could please... If you want to make um, a donation, if you didn't bring eggs this morning or candy, you can go see Cindy in Thrive Kids. You can give her a donation, but you still have time. They want the eggs and candy dropped off by Wednesday. Can you all participate with this? Because we don't want, he's not a kid, <laughs> but the point was is we don't want our kids showing up next week with nothing to give them. So the, the Thrive Kids staff, they're willing to stuff the eggs. They're willing to do this production. But we absolutely need you to help. Okay? Bring your eggs and your candy. You can even drop them off at the office throughout the week, and we will get them to Cindy. Okay? Amen. I so appreciate all the hard work they do back there with those children and all the teens and everything that God's doing in the house. It's been awesome. Amen? One other thing that we need to say, I know it's a lot of announcements. It's just a lot of stuff going on. We want to see if there's enough of us that we could form a softball team this year. Well, that was, <laughs> maybe there's a few. <laughs> we need at least 15 committed players. They can be male or female. You have to be able to pitch the ball at 110 miles an hour. No, you just got to show up faithfully. Okay, that's all you got to do is just be there faithful. Come out. There's the, uh, we're going to put together a team if we can and see what we can do. We have a sign-up sheet in the back in the four-year. So if you'd like to play softball this year in a league, join us, male or female. Um, it's a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. And so we'll work with you on that. God bless you. Aren't you happy today? Amen. Isn't God great? I want to 
minister a message this morning. It's evangelistic style message because next week I'm praying that you'll bring people out for Easter. And then the week after Easter, I'm going to really, really touch those that return from that service. We're going to touch their hearts with a great, great message on forgiveness and the power of how it works because sometimes it's so hard to forgive when we've been hurt really, really bad. So I'm going to show you something I've never, ever seen myself in Scripture, and it's just the Lord just popped it out, and I believe it's a great, great message for you the following after Easter. Easter is going to be as, who is this Christ? But today, I want to minister on city takers. And Matthew 11, verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, everybody say now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. This text is a revelation to us, an understanding that we're going to have to take by force our cities. We're going to have to take by force our regions. We're going to have to fight in prayer. We're going to have to put on our spiritual weapons. We're going to have to mount up in in, in a strong power. But we cannot concede to Satan. We must stand. We must do something. We are responsible for this generation. Look at your neighbor and say, we're responsible. God puts you here in this year, 2017, and he holds you accountable for the generation that you live in. I want to show you a few horrible pictures, and just please forgive me, but I want you to see where we live. Whether you realize it or not, adult slavery is the highest level ever in history. Right now. Right now in this world. Not back a few... It's happening right now in the world you and I live in. These are current pictures of adult slavery. The next thing that we see happening is child slavery. Child slavery is at an all-time high. Millions of young children this this age. This is not somebody, well, it's somebody's boy, but he goes home to a camp because he's a slave. He has to work every day, and I could have showed you pictures that are just gruesome. I chose the lesser pictures just to give you an idea. Let's go to the next slide. We have what's happening here is this young girl did something her parents didn't like at church, and so they burned her face with acid. The church did this to teach her a lesson. We didn't want her to get by with anything. We wouldn't want her to have sin in her life. So they burned her. The next one. There's oppressive poverty. This was taken in Mumbai, India. And uh, oppressive poverty. I, I, I just didn't even want to show you the other stories. They're so horrible. They hurt. Now, this is internationally. And the thing that I didn't show you, because there might be some here that would know the people, are those that are locally suffering. Right here in Beckley, we have a lot of sex slave trafficking going on. Right here in our own community, one of the highest in the nation, if you didn't know that. I know sometimes it's so easy to stick your head in the ground and just live in your world and live in your bubble around your friends, your family, your church, and not realize the world that's around you. And so I want to remind you that we have an obligation before the Lord to take care of these things. Now don't get oppressed on me, amen. Just hear what I have to say. The Moses generation... When Moses' day, they gave up on their inheritance. They began to not believe that it could change, they could change anything. They were people just like us. They thought, man, what does my life matter? I really can't change anything. I don't know, you know. And unbelief began to grip their hearts. So complacency began to come in. Well, you know, it's not my calling. It's not my gifting. That's Pastor Ray's gifting. That's Pastor Moses' gifting. And they began to have this complacency And when the complacency got in, then after a season or so, they had fear. They were afraid to go forward, afraid to testify, afraid to pray in public, afraid to do anything. And so suddenly the fear began to rob them. 
And when Moses challenged them, they began to murmur against Moses. And they begin to murmur against the leaders of God. And they begin to murmur against God himself. Let me show you Numbers 14. So all the congregation lifted up their voices. This is the congregation. This is me and you. Lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had died in this wilderness. This was their complaint. They didn't want to go forward. Fear had gripped them. Complacency had gripped them. And God responded to them. And he said, Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, Just as you have spoken in my hearing, So will I do to you. So their own confession became their their death sentence. It became their destruction. And I want to say to us today, we need to be careful what words come out of our mouths. Amen. This is a great city. Don't ever say anything less. Amen. This city is going to prosper. Always let those words. Don't say, oh man, we're just the worst. We're the 50th worst state in the state. I saw it on the news. Don't say that stuff. Say, you know what? We're rising. We're rising. We're coming up. God's moving right now. God's going to touch us. God's helping our family. God's helping our city. He's given us wisdom and ideas and thoughts and creative ability to do something. Let those words start to come out of your mouth. Let those words begin to precede out of you because God responds to your words. Now, Joshua and Caleb were of a different spirit. We know this. They were consumed with a spirit that wanted to occupy the land. They were consumed with a spirit that wanted to be an overcomer. And God responded to them. God said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So God says, because I saw the words he spoke and I saw his heart and his spirit and he had belief, he said, I'm going to raise him up. And God began to raise up champions in the lineage of, uh, in his lineage and in the lineage of jo- uh, Joshua. Their households became united. Their households became strong. And God gave them a land and God put a fire in them for a revival. And that's the same spirit I want in this house. Somebody say Amen. God has called us to be city takers. It says in Joshua 5.13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and he what? He looked. God sent Joshua to look at the city. Sometimes we need to just take another look at our city. Not with negative eyes. Not with the eyes of gloom and and, and despair and how horrible it is. But we need to take a look at the city and realize that God has called us to be an answer for the city. We're the solution. We are the deliverers. God has sent us here for this time, and he holds us responsible for this generation. He holds us responsible for what's happening in our schools and in our our city, and somewhere the churches need to come back together. So God sends us to the city. Why the cities? Because people live in the cities, and God loves people. Look at your neighbor. Say, God loves people. God loves them. They're his most a uh, 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 valuable treasure is people. So God has placed us in this city. All of us. Every one of us. God puts you here. It's not a coincidence that I'm here or you're here. Or you were born here. Or you moved here. It's not your job that brought you here. It was God's providence. God's providence. God has brought you to this city for a divine purpose. Listen to what Matthew says. Here's what we're supposed to be doing. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown down, trampled out underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city 
that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they lamp a, uh, light a lamp and put it under a, a, a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are called to be the salt. We know that scripture. We're called to be the light. We know that scripture. But I want you to understand you have to use those two elements to become city takers. We're not on the defensive this morning. Yes, we should have our apologetics. We should know what we believe and why we believe it. But we should be a church that's on the offensive. We're a church that's praying and preparing and strategizing and laying divine strategies before God and asking God for wisdom how to change the culture and the spirit and the atmosphere of the city we live in and our children are being raised in. Amen. Our church ought to be filled with a possessing spirit. Here's what God says in Psalms 2 2 verse 8. Ask of me and I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Possession is something that's been seized by force. God says, if you'll ask of me, I'll fill you with a divine strategy, a divine purpose. I'll help you to understand how to go into those regions. And, 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 and with your, that divine purpose, you can actually affect and turn that city and turn that culture. Without divine purpose and without a church that's a, 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 got that possessing spirit, you'll never affect the culture. There's large churches in cities that nobody even knows what they do. They're not affecting the culture. They're there. They're having a social club. They're having a good time. Praise God for them. But they're not affecting their culture. Christianity is made for conquering and occupying. It's the very nature of what Jesus came to teach us. He says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's talking about fighting against the authorities in darkness and the authorities and principalities of hell that try to resist the church. Jesus is calling the church to, to be offensive and to go forward. There's a great leader. If I mention his name, you'd know him. And they were building, their church was at a, a large piece of property and they had built a senior retirement area to the side for people to retire there and live there. And they asked this pastor, are you going to retire in our Christian community? And he says, there ain't no way I'm going over there. He said, I want to invade darkness with light. And that's why his church is great. And today, they have now four mega churches in one city alone. And they're spreading across the nation. You've heard of them. They're called the Dream Center. And God is moving in that group because their leadership and their people have a heart to invade darkness and, 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 and take the light in there and shine something on somebody. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah, listen to this carefully. Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. It's our hour to rise and shine. Ezekiel 1, hear carefully. In the midst of the living beings, there was something that looked like burning coals of fire. Like torches darting forth among the living beings. The fire was bright. The lightning was flashing from the fire. And the living beings ran to and fro like bolts of lightning. This is a symbolic description of an overcomer. God is describing to us what overcomers look like in the New Testament. He's telling us that when we go before him and we get filled with an anointed word of God and with the testimony of God and when we're led by that testimony we become a lightning bolt in the spirit arena amen 
Some of us are a flickering bulb, but some of us need to be lightning bolts. Their words, he says, when you get under the anointing of God and his presence comes upon you, he says your word will flash forth out of you with a great anointing. It will accomplish whatever I have commanded it to accomplish. Whatever word I put in you to send out will come back and it will not return void because my word is powerful in you. He says, my word will rout every enemy. I will lay bare the foundations of men's hearts where they're trying to hide themselves. I will open their darkness and I will shine into their hearts. Demonic powers will lose their ability in my presence because I will see my people show forth in my glory. We're so afraid of, of taking the glory from God that we always say that all oh, the glory belongs to him. He says, no, 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 no. I want you to have the glory and shine it. Oh, I know that's against your doctrine, but I can take you all through Scripture. We've, we've falsely understood that. It's caused us to hide back and be afraid to show out and do anything for God. But God's called us to show out so that all people can see us, that they can see the lightning bolt, the fire that's burning in our hearts. We're not trying to take any glory here. It belongs to Him. We're just shining it through us. We are. We are receptors of that light, and we shine it out. And when we do that... There's a lightning bolt that happens in the spirit arena. Demons wake up. Angels wake up. God wakes up. The devil wakes up. And hope to God his church wakes up. When you begin to realize you're called to possess, and you're called to have an anointed word that's like a lightning inside of you, when you begin to realize that you're just not walking into the cookout or the cheddars, but you resides within you a power and a lightning of God to touch that, that person around you and to touch people. Then the Bible says something interesting begins to happen. Let's look at it. Joshua 5, verse 13. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. And behold, a man stood opposite with him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us? Are for our adversaries. So it startled him. He went to look at the city, as God had told him to do, and when he got there, he found another soldier standing there looking at the city. Amen. Now, what Joshua didn't understand is that God had sent that soldier, that mighty angel, to help him take that city. That angel happened to be the captain of the Lord's host. He did not understand that. But I want you to hear what the revelation is, what God is saying to us in his word. God is saying to us, when we will begin to have an occupying spirit, when we will, when we will begin to be lightning bolts for him, that God will send warring angels into every city in this world to help that church in that city take that city for Jesus. God is very conscious and very aware of the conditions of cities. He knows the principalities and powers that are over a city. He understands them. They are not the problem. The problem is finding people that will execute his power on earth. Amen. So in the last days, I believe and I understand that there's going to be a tremendous increase in angelic activity. Angels are instruments of God's will. They are not our toys to play with or command. God commands angels. They are here to serve us and help us as we execute and begin to drive forward and have advance in the culture that we're in. Here's what it says in Hebrews 1. Are they not all ministering spirits 
sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So we've seized something. An heir is somebody that's taken an inheritance. There's a difference between an inheritance and a legacy. An inheritance is a, a physical thing like this building. You can inherit a building or inherit property or inherit something. That's an inheritance. Legacy is who you leave behind. Your children, your sons, your spiritual sons. Legacy is what or, or, or who and inheritance is what. So God says, I will send angels to help you take the what. You'll take the what of the city. I'll give you dominion in the, in the business arena. I'll give you dominion in the polit- uh, political arena. I'll give you dominion in the educational arena. I'll help you. I'll send them to work for you, to work with you. It says in Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encaps around all those who fear him and delivers them, fears God, and he delivers them. So when God, when we find God's purpose, when we tap into his potential, then something powerful begins to happen. Suddenly he starts to commission an angelic, he is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angels. He starts to commission those angels to work with us to begin to move with us, to begin to strategize and take cities. God's purpose is to win cities. His purpose is not to sit in heaven and sing a song. His purpose is not to float around on clouds someday in a big mansion. His purpose is to win cities. This is God's purpose. And when we tap into that purpose... When we begin to pray a strategy for the city, when we begin to look at the city and realize we're the deliverers of that city, when we begin to speak with an anointing and a fire and a a, a lightning coming out of us, God commissions angels to help us and unlimited power begins to flow. Until then, we're just having church. I was sad that many of you couldn't make it Wednesday night. I know you have things, you're working and stuff. We had a tremendous, tremendous service Wednesday night. Several other churches here. We had a a wonderful choir here. We put on a great drama presentation. And God began to move in this house. All of our teens were across the front, spontaneous. The the, the pastors that were here from the other churches didn't even know what to do with the service because the anointing of the Lord got in here. God began to touch and God began to move. What's beautiful about that is not the presentation. Thank God for a great presentation. Thank God for Ben Alston who put that together. But But here's what's more important. What's more important is I felt something shift in the atmosphere. I felt churches begin to connect in the atmosphere. I be, not not for, for purposes of praying together, goofing around together, but for city conquest. God began to move. Exodus 23, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Do not provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgressions. My name is in that angel. But if you indeed obey his voice and do that all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you. He's going to take you somewhere. He's going to take you into battle with the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pesuzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. And he says, I will cut them off. Now, if you go back and you study those those nations, I've been teaching you this, but let me bring it in a different world. Okay? The Canaanites represent the business mountain. Every one of those represents a different mountain. The family, the business, the government, education, those are them right there. This angel of the Lord will take you into those environments. He will begin to war against whatever principalities are causing something to be wrong there. And he will establish his name in that place. 
But don't provoke him. Don't establish your name. Establish his name. His, God's name is in him. Are you listening to me? And so I believe, I believe that we can boldly partner with God. And as we do, God will release angels to help us accomplish his will. Now, we don't pray to, to angels. We pray to God. God deals with the angels, not us. But God will send angels to bring forth his, his, his purposes in the earth. He'll send angels to bring in harvest. A harvest from the north, south, east, and west. He'll bring angels. He'll send angels even to cook you a piece of bread. It's all in the scripture. He makes them pancakes all the time. Amen. So look at Elijah. He made it for him. God does this quite out. God, God will bring provision is what he's trying to show us. His angel will come when you're weary, when you're tired, when you're discouraged. And his angel will mount up beside you and provide for you and give you strength and power and an ability in the spirit arena that you don't possess on your own. But if you are just sitting there under the bush and not willing to stand, then God will not move forward with you. Somewhere God feeds you if you'll move forward. Amen. Joshua says to this angel, are you for us or are you against us? And the angel says, neither. In the last days, church, God's will will be done God's way. He is not going to do it our way. He doesn't care about the title over our door. He doesn't care about denominations. This is a kingdom campaign. This is God moving in the earth. So he said to Joshua, no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Now watch what Joshua does. He falls on his face to the earth and he worships. And he said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Once you realize God's purpose for you is not just to breathe the air and show up on Sundays, give your money. Your purpose is to influence a city. Your purpose is to partner with God and and be a lightning bolt for him in the arena that you're in. All of a sudden something powerful begins to happen and the Lord shows up in might And Joshua now is awestruck that God is willing to work with him. And the first thing Joshua does is worship. Listen to me. God's purposes are found in his presence. You don't find God's purposes in boardrooms. You don't find God's purposes in staff meetings. You find God's purposes in his presence. That got quiet. You can't vote God's... God's, uh, 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 design. God doesn't care about your vote. You can all vote 100% for something. But if God says that, he says, neither. I'm not interested. This is my campaign. We'll do it my way. So immediately Joshua realized, I'm, out of, I'm over my head. I, I don't even know how to begin to take this city. I don't know what to do here. And so he bowed down to worship so that God could begin to reveal his purposes. And that's what he says, Lord... What would you say to me? Tell me your purpose for me, Lord. Tell me what we're to do. That's what he's asking, God, now that I'm in your presence. So so listen, church, God's purposes are found in the place of prayer. He begins to pray. Jeremiah says, 33, verse 3, Call to me, I'll answer you, and I'll show you great and mighty things that that, uh, that you do not know. I want you to see what the angel does. The angel is listening to Joshua. He watches him worship. He doesn't stop him. He allows the worship to happen because it releases God's presence. It releases God's voice. Let me stop right there. I'm going to mess with you for just a moment. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? 
He is the door. Is that right? The door to what? Heaven. The Father, heaven. That's He's the door to heaven. So my sheep know my what? Voice. They don't know His word. Sheep don't know word. They know voice. We know word. So in other words, when we go into the word, the idea is to open the door to hear the Father's voice. The idea is to open the door to hear the voice. The voice is what we need. The the word can become legalistic, can become twisted. Men can make it say anything they want it to say. But the voice of God is always pure. It's always powerful. It's always revelatory. It always has insight. This is the part that most people never receive. They're very shallow. They don't ever step into the voice of God. So here's what the angel says. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot. For the place where you stand is now holy. Because he'd worshipped God's presence had showed up. Get your sandals off your feet. So Joshua did so. In other words, he's saying to him, Purposes will begin to show up when you strip off your own plans. When you strip off your own pursuits. Now you've entered into the holy place of God. And now, now my power will be released. As you experience purity, power begins to be released. As you enter into what I'm doing, not what you're doing. We've been doing a lot of stuff around here for a long time. What we need, nothing evil about any of it. But what we need is to know what God is doing. Amen. All of us, in our own families, on our own businesses, in our own lives, we need revelation to know what God is up to, to see how God is moving so that God can prosper us and bless us and strengthen us. We've got to see into the future a little bit. We've got to see beyond where we're at right now. Millennials are rising up, and I hate to be called millennials, but they're coming alive. And if we don't figure out what to do with the millennials in the next five years, we won't have a church. Because that's what's happening. Let me tell you something about millennials. Just so you can understand. I want to show you the the mindset of even the corporate world. They figured it out. The millennials don't want to own anything. They want to rent. The reason they don't want to own is because they watched their parents struggle for years to buy a house. And then finally they get the house bought and they have a divorce and lose it all. Or they have a health issue and lose it all. And they've watched the struggle of their parents and their family for the possessions, for the inheritance... And they've watched them lose their souls. They don't put it in those words, but that's what's happened. So now today, they just want to lease. They want to live life. They don't want to be tied down. They want to move forward. So Microsoft comes along. Microsoft sees that trend. Microsoft says, we're no longer going to sell computer programs. Oh, we will. We'll sell you QuickBooks. We'll sell you something. But that's not where we're going. We're now going to put it online. And you can rent it every month from us. As soon as they rented it every month to the millennials, their their sales went skyrocketing. Because they don't want to buy it, they want to rent it. Now that is all part of what God is doing in the earth. God is moving a generation around to make them mobile so that they can be an army. Okay, What we have to do as a church is we have to get on our face before God, find out what God is doing in this generation. We have to take a look at, at our city and realize we can't deliver them using the same old weapons that they're used to. The same old, same old is not working, my friend. So it's time to get into God's presence. And when God comes, his presence will come. We need to worship him. When we worship him, he'll begin to give us revelation And when he gives us revelation, he'll begin to move in our lives. Somebody say amen. 
The first thing we have to do is purify our hearts, motives. We have all of our ideas, all of our motives, but we have to purify that so that God can raise us up in his character. Amen. Are you with me so far? Is this all right? It's the only message I got this morning. God told Joshua, I have given unto your hand Jericho. Boy, what powerful words. I have given unto your hand this city. I've established my word in you. I've sent my angels with you. You're a lightning bolt now. My angelic power, is uh, uh, the host is with you. Now my, my word is, I confirm to you that this city is yours. When God says you have a city, there's nothing that can stand between that and God. I'm going to read the text. Now Joshua was, or Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king, and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you will do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass... When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. So here's a picture. Here's what God is saying to us. He's saying that I want my army to surround that city in prayer. I don't want you talking to one another and figuring out the prayer. I want you to surround this city in prayer. I want you to hear from me. I have a plan for your city. Surround it. I'm going to encompass. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to surround that city with my presence, my power. You're going to do this for six days. And then on the seventh day, you're going to go around it seven times. It's a picture of prayer without ceasing. It's a picture of increased prayer for increased power. This is what God is showing And on the seventh time, Joshua 6, verse 16. And on the seventh time it shall happen, when the priest blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout. Everybody say shout. For the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20. So the people shouted, and the priest blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. The people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Listen to me carefully. There's a sound of a trumpet. There's a sound of musical instruments. Sound of a trumpet. And there's a shout of a people. When you put those two things together in a right spirit, in the presence of God, with God's word residing in it, with a lightning bolt residing in it, when you put that all together, it turns into a roar of God. Every revival has a sound. In the old days, it was, I'll fly away. On the sweet by and by, because everybody's trying to get out of here. We all had our suitcases. Nobody had a sword. But it's changed. And every generation, it changes. And every movement, it changes. There's a shout. The city requires a shout, a roar. It will require the roar of God. That roar of God will come. When that people have caused a, their own sound to begin to come. Where we're, nothing against singing other people's songs, but someday we need our own songs. We need our own sound. 
we need to develop into something greater so that the Lion of Judah can enter into it and show his strength. Oh, amen. God is not into whimpering. He's not into whispering. God's into power and dominion. And the Lord, Joel 3 says, shall roar out of Zion, out of the church, and utter his voice. Say, our words should be coming through our music from Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So God is saying, I want to raise up a people that have a sound within their music and a a shout within their voices of victory, a triumph. Whenever there's joy, there's strength. I want there to be joy that shows forth strength. I want there to be power that comes out of this thing. And when you put it all together, it will create a roar from heaven. Therefore prophesy thou against them all these words and say unto them, The Lord shall roar from on high. He'll utter his voice from his holy habitation. He shall mightily roar upon the habitation. and He shall give a shout. So what we see here is as the church begins to take its position as a possessor, as it begins to move forward in, a, in, in, in its business arena, in its educational arena, in every, every, every other area, as we begin to shine that light, as we begin to be pure in God's motives, as we begin to move forward and we begin to get a new sound, suddenly there's going to come a shout in the people and all of a sudden that's going to cause a roar to come from heaven. Somebody say amen. Isaiah says this. Watch this. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. And he shall prevail against his enemies. It's the roar of God that changes nations. The early church was born in a roar. We know that story. 120 disciples praying without ceasing. Up in that upper room. And as they came into that place where they were worshiping God. As they, as they began to shift off their motives of the old religious way of doing things. They were been, they had been raised in all kinds of religion. They had to take off their sandals. They had to change their, their opinions. As God's as they was in prayer, God's spirit began to move in there. God began to put lightning inside of them. They, they were going to actually have fire shining on their heads in a few moments. God began to enlighten them. God began to power them. Something powerful began to happen. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord in one place. That's amazing. You can be in accord in a lot of places, but in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As a mighty rushing wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Say suddenly with me. No, say it again. Suddenly. It's amazing how fast God can move. It's amazing how fast God could change this city. It's amazing how fast everything could shift here. But it'll happen when there comes a sound from heaven. The word sound in the Greek is echoes, which means a loud noise or a roar. So suddenly there came a roar from heaven that flooded through that room. And when that roar from heaven came, it birthed a a church. It birthed the early movement. It birthed the church of God. It was a roar revival. Amen. One more text and we'll be done. For thus says the Lord of hosts. Once more I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. They shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, 
says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So listen to me, church. There's a roar that's coming to the church, but it's, it, 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 it will come, there's a roar that will come to the church, then from the church. Then from the church. Amen. We have got to change in our Western religion the idea that churches are to come together and just have a kumbaya. Listen, we want to help our children. We want to have the greatest children programs. All those things are important. I'm not saying that. But our purpose is to win the city. Our purpose is to win the we might Children will be a great asset in that. Worship is a great asset. So many things, but we've got to win the city. And when we win this city, God will help us win this state. When we win this state, we can sweep into other nations and other people. That's what God says. All nations will come to it. There'll become a roar that will begin to happen. Something of God's presence will move. The power of God will begin to happen. We was in a conference one time. True story. I experienced this. I experienced this. This is real. We was about, I don't know, three, 4,000 people in this conference. They were playing beautiful music. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord began to move in that house. There was something that I'd never experienced before as, as, as it began to move. It was so dynamic, you almost couldn't stand in that presence of what God was doing. Suddenly... The lead singer tells the musicians, no more, no more music from them. And it was just the people singing. It was like a wave went across the crowd of people singing. You could just feel the glory of God just like waves. Then suddenly he told all the singers, no more singing. They all stopped singing. And the wave continued for a moment, and then the crowd came to a silence. Be still and know I am God. And the moment it became silent, we had in that place people from Nashville, I believe it was, Recording artist studio. These are not Christian people. They were there to record that set. There was a music set. They were there to record our, our conference. They were non, non-believers. And suddenly, the heavens opened, my friends. Everybody in that room heard an angelic host singing. I heard angels. We heard people were freaked out. We were looking around to see where the music was coming from. It was coming from heaven. It was like a sound you never heard in your life as God's presence began to permeate and move in that room. And I began to feel the roar of presence of God. That's what I want to happen here. That's what I I want God to sing with us. Amen. I want God's presence to be so real that we cannot deny that he was in the house. Suddenly people were healed all over that room. People were set free all over that room. God began to move. So I close with this. We are called to be city takers. Everybody say a city taker. You are called to have lightning within you. Do you understand that? When you have an anointed word, your testimony is anointed. Your word that God gives you is anointed. When you share that, it begins to be a lightning in the spirit arena. You're called to share that, to begin to pound into the darkness, to begin to shine. into. You're supposed to go to and forth, just breaking it, breaking it, breaking it, breaking darkness. That's what you're called to do. And then when you start doing that, God will look and see the place you're in, and he'll send warring angels to help you. Angels will come to assist you, whether it's in your family, whether it's wherever, whatever arena that God has placed you in to, to conquer and to shine, to be that light, to be that soul. God will send angels there to help you. How would you like to have angels helping you with your business? Uh, amen. You got, a, you got an ice cream cone shop, and there's an angel out there, and people don't even understand. The angel is pointing every car. Go right there. Right there. People say, man, I'm hungry for ice cream. Man, I'm hungry for ice cream. 
It's amazing what God can do. I know that's silly, but God moves like that. He moves in great dimension. He cares about the small things. When that happens, there begins to be a shout from the people, a shout of victory. There begins to be a new sound that begins to flow. When those things come together, the roar of heaven begins to open up the heavens. God begins to move. God's in the business of winning souls. God's in the business of conquering cities and possessing them for his namesake. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to make every one of us this week a lightning rod for you. Lord, if necessary, I ask you to release angels to minister and help as we go out of this place this week to be soul winners for you, to bring a harvest back into this house next week as we celebrate the awesome wonders of Jesus. His majesty and His glory, His greatness, His love, His passion. As we celebrate that He's the incarnate Word of God, the illuminating Word of God, the passionate Word of God, the living Word of God, the Son of the living God. As we celebrate Him next week's Lord, I pray that we'll bring in the harvest that we will have done as I've ministered today, that we will be lightning rods for Him to invite our children, our neighbors, people around us. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that You'll do this great work in our hearts, that You'll strengthen us, bless us. Perhaps you've come today And God's speaking into your heart. It's been a long time since you just flat out witnessed to somebody. You just minister to them your testimony. Here's what you do. Here's what I used to be. Don't spend too much time there. I used to be, let's say, a drug addict. Don't spend a whole lot of time there. You don't need to get into the ugly stuff. But one day, in my despair, Jesus came into my life. Tell them that God came into your life and show them how things begin to turn and then show what you are today. And here's where I am today as God has helped me. I'm still on a journey, but look where I've come. And God's helped. That's a testimony. That's how you witness what you was, what he did, what you are, and where you're going. That's a testimony. It takes all of two minutes. The power of God will use that. Lightning will come through that. God will touch people's lives in a way that you've never dreamed of. I pray that God will empower you today. Let's stand all over this room. Come on, let's stand together. Let's stand together. Again, I ask in reverence that we just don't leave for a few moments. Just hold with us for a few moments. Let's worship together. You're the God of this city. You're the King of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless, the peace to the restless. You are. And there is no like our God. 
something just for a moment that's a little bit different so just pay attention we'll do it just we'll be dismissed all of us carry certain burdens or certain things that god has placed in us none is right or wrong they're just different some of us really are called to the family mountain we just our hearts are all about families and children it's beautiful some of us are called to the church mountain we're all about church so many times that's all you ever hear is church messages but you're also called, some of you are called to the business. You have businesses. You're called to be a light and a salt in that business. You're called to be a lightning rod in that business. And God will help you with that business. Same with politics, government. Some of you are being city council in different areas of political power. Some of you are called to the educational mountain. School teachers and superintendents. Different things. Some of us are called to the media mountain or to the... Arts and Entertainment Mountain, like we had Wednesday night. That that was a gorgeous, wonderful time. We're called to those mountains. So what I want you to do is I want you to take one moment, look at your neighbor, and tell them what mountain you're called to, if you know. Just say, I feel I'd like to see God move in my business. I'd see, like to see God move in my family. I'd like to see God move in my the government. Just say that. Just say that to somebody. Just tell them what you'd like God to do, where you'd like the angel to go. Say it to somebody. Where would you like the angel to go? What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Are you looking at your business? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Look at it. Are you looking at our city in the governmental way? Look at it. Are you thinking of ways that you can do something creative to, to affect the environment? Look at it. And now tell somebody. Now I want you to grab hands. I want you to grab hands and you should know what your neighbor just said. And I want you to pray for them that God will make them a lightning rod right now into their area of influence to where their heart is moved that God will help them to look at it and find a way to rise up his name in that place pray for one another
Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we release in this place an anointing to break down every stronghold, every work against every family. I release the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring back wayward children, to bring back family members that have been lost. I pray, Lord, that your strength and power will come to draw them back and win their hearts again. I pray for healing in our families. I pray that you'll touch those that are sick in their bodies and that by the power of an almighty God, send a word of healing. Whether they're in the hospital, in their bed, at home, wherever they're at, heal them, Lord, I pray. I pray for our businessmen, that you will inspire them, that you will give them wisdom and insight, not a manly or earthly wisdom, but a heavenly wisdom, an understanding of how to move in business. Bless their businesses, Lord. Bless their businesses. Cause there to be prosperity and no more lack in the name of Jesus. I pray for our city council, our mayor, our governor, our senators, that you will move in this state, that you will give us favor in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church, give the Lord a big clap offering. Come on, worship him with us. Let there be a shout. Hallelujah. Maybe you believe that. Come on, give the Lord one more clap offering, everybody. No, a real one, not a patty cake, a real clap offering. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Hallelujah. I release joy on you this week. Let the strength and the joy of the Lord be on your house, your family, your homes. I release prosperity on you in Jesus' name. Now high five, four or five people. Hug on somebody. You're dismissed in the love of the Lord. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about something powerful Wednesday night. See you there.